All right. We're back together again. Um, a few weeks ago, we started watching The Chosen together, a TV show about pretty much what does it mean to be chosen. It, it has Jesus, has many of the disciples, has some made-up characters, some made-up stories, but a great show to help us understand further you know, what it means to be chosen, to follow Jesus, to walk with Jesus, um, and, and to kind of understand you know, what, how, how we're supposed to live, you know, what that means for us. And so uh, we, we've been through the first two episodes already. Um, you know, we, we started with Isaiah 43.1. It says, but, but now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, you know, talking about us as God's people. Um, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. First week, we were introduced to Mary, to Nicodemus, to Matthew, to Simon, Simon Peter, um, and and just briefly Jesus. And and the whole point, I think, of that first episode, or one of the points that you know, I think we should go home with is you know when it comes to the question, what does it mean to be chosen? It means you're called. You're called back into right relationship with Him. And we kind of talked about that. We talked about how. It's so easy to fall out of relationship God, with God. Um, the Israelites did that over and over again. They rebelled. They sinned. They made their mistakes. They chose to make mistakes. Um, and they fell, fell out of relationship with God. But God pursues us. He chases us. And he seeks to restore our relationship with him. And through Jesus, our, our, our relationship can be restored immediately and fully and completely. And it can never fall apart through Jesus. Anyway, so what does it mean to be chosen? Point number one was that you are called. You're called back into right relationship with God through Jesus. Point number two, we looked at Isaiah 43, 2. It says, man, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. So we're looking at this Isaiah 43 passage. And answering this question, what does it mean to be chosen? Well, when you're chosen by Christ and when you choose to accept that calling, man, you rest in him. That That's kind of point number two. You rest in Jesus. You put all your trust, your faith, um, your security in him. And when you do that, then he has this promise right before us that says, hey, you're not going to be overtaken, overwhelmed. You're not going to be crushed. Um, you know, even when life gets rough, you know, sometimes God uses, you know, some, some rough experiences to grow us, but he never brings these experiences into our lives to destroy us. Um, not when we're his, not when we are the chosen, not when we've accepted that calling through Christ, um, through our faith and surrender in Christ. And so what does it mean to be chosen? Once again, it means to rest. It means to take time and, and, and form, man, some rhythms of rest in your life, some, some, some habits that allow you just to sit down with, with Jesus, to sit down with God, to get to know him, to allow him to pour into you, to tell you what he thinks about you and what he has for you and all these good things that come from the goodness of God. And so we continue on this journey um, to uh, just answer this question, what does it mean to be chosen, and allow that answer, some of these answers, to spur us into deeper relationship with Jesus. Um, and we have so many examples to look at through this show, and so that's why we keep watching it. So now, um, 
I, I encourage you, take a minute, pause, read Isaiah 43, 1 through 2 again, and watch episode 3. Come back here if you haven't already. Um, and let's keep going. But go ahead and go read that, watch that, um, and then let's keep going. So, a lot. Uh, this is kind of the first episode where we see Jesus the whole time, pretty much. You know, the first two episodes, we saw Jesus just at the very end when he healed Mary. Um, and then in the last episode at, at uh, uh, the Sabbath or uh, Shabbat, um, at that meal, we see Jesus. But the rest of the time, we just see all these other characters. Well, this show, or this episode, we finally see Jesus, and for the rest of the season, pretty much, Jesus becomes uh, one of the main characters, you know, in every episode. And this time, we don't see any of the disciples, or any of those that we've met already. We don't see Mary, Nicodemus, Matthew, Simon. No, we just see a group of kids. Um, name, namely, we see Abigail and Joshua. Those are kind of the two main kids that we see. And I'll tell you a little hint that we're going to be seeing them again. Um, but anyway, we see these kids um, kind of living out their childhood, playing, sneaking off, maybe not being perfectly honest with their parents. I'm sure that's a lesson they'll understand more later. Um, but anyway, um, we see these kids and and they discover Jesus. And they're like, oh no, who is this guy? Is he bad? Is he good? Well, every time I meet Jesus or, or get to know Jesus more, I I discover more of his goodness, more of his good nature and his his good actions towards me. And so the kids discover the same thing, that this guy, he's different. He's unique. Not only is he kind of fun to be around, he's silly. And I love that part about how they portray Jesus here is they portray him in, in a, a little bit of silliness, um, just kind of having fun. But, uh, man, they also get to know that, okay, this is a man of God. Man, he actually cares for us. He, he cares to teach us. He cares about what he's doing. Not really sure what he's doing, but he cares about it. Um, and so many more things. And so uh, th there's a lot that we can talk about here. There's a lot of scripture that's quoted. Um, in fact, let me see. Here's some that you can uh, read at any point. Um, Deuteronomy 6, uh, 4 through 9. That, that hero Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. They, they kind of quote that at one point. Um, here's another scripture about uh, children. Proverbs 22, 6. Um, Exodus 20, 12 is kind of a, a children and parents scripture there. Um, I'm just going to give you these, and, and, and I encourage you, if, pause this if you need to. Go grab a piece of paper, write these down. Get in the Word. Allow the Word to lead you. But here's some, a bunch of just random ones. Matthew 19, 13 through 15. Mark 10, 13 through 16. Luke 18, 15 through 17. Um, uh, Matthew 18, 1 through 4. And we'll read a couple of these in a minute as well, but still write them down. Um, Mark 9, 33 through 37. Luke 9, 46 through 48. Um, and honestly, back to that Matthew passage, instead of Matthew 18, 1 through 4, you can also go 1 through 14, because um, it all kind of connects there. But anyway, there's several scriptures that you can always uh, dive into. 
um, and, and, and learn a little bit more about Isaiah 61, 1 through 2 is also a good one. Um, I don't remember if I mentioned any of our John passages, John 12, to 20, uh, 28, John 12, 28, and John 17, 1. Um, there's some scriptural references in this episode, uh, but we're going to kind of dive in. I want us to read more of Isaiah 43. I'm going to go ahead and read verses 1 and 2 again, just to remind us, okay, what does it mean to be chosen? It means you're called, and it means to rest, to rest to Jesus. You're called to Jesus, to rest in Jesus. And then we're going to read two more verses. So Isaiah 43, um, 1 through 4, if you have your Bible, man, open it up. Let's follow along together. It says, but now, thus says the Lord, your creator, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you, I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. Again, what does it mean to be chosen? You are called, and you rest. You rest in him. Verse 3 and 4. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I have given Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Saba in your place. Since you are precious in my sight, since you are honored and I love you, I will give other men in your place and other peoples in exchange for your life. So today we're again looking at these scriptures and asking the question, what does it mean to be chosen? And when you look at these two scriptures, man, what do you see? What, what do you think the answer is this time? Um, you know, we, what does it mean to be chosen by this God, the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel? It says your Savior. What does it mean to be chosen by him? Well, to very simplify it, and we'll kind of look at some of this as we go, Man, it means you're cherished, that you are cherished. What does it mean to be chosen? You are cherished. We see this episode so clearly that Jesus cherishes people, even kids. And honestly, kids, you know, I'm a youth pastor. And that's, that's you know, even back, back in their day. See, I can get with Jesus' time because back in their day, you know, most youth became adults. They were... Uh, they were getting jobs and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, man, I, I have tr- trouble with just kids, like little kids, like the kids' ministry. Like, I'm not I'm not cut out for it. And I'm about to have a kid of my own. But anyway, um, back then, kids, you know, your status or your value is kind of determined by what you did or what you brought to society or, you know, so that, that encompassed uh, uh, your your. Uh, economic status that encompassed your social status, uh, even race uh, was an issue as it is today sometimes. Um, and so, children, what did they have to bring to the table? Not much. I mean, laughter, but that's it, maybe. Um, you know, responsibility, but was on you to be responsible for the kids. And so, anyway, it's kind of important to know that back in the culture, Man, when you looked at kids, that they, they were cherished and, and valued, but not in the same way an adult was. Like, okay, I have a kid before me, and I have a grown man. I'm going to hire this man because I know he can work. He can do this. He has this education. He has this kind of resources. This is his upbringing. This is his status. Um, he's a guy, not a girl, so that's better. You know, 
uh, or he's, uh, 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 I guess they weren't white. Um, you know, he's an Israeli, not a Samaritan, a race issue. So anyway, um, we have this, this uh, issue here uh, that guys, I mean, that kids weren't um, as valued. And so Jesus kind of flips that. He flips it and gives us the statement, this, this, this message that, man, if you're chosen by me, um, you're cherished, that you're precious, that there's something about you that I desire. Um, and, and he kind of goes into that. So anyway, the, the, the thing that, that Jesus sees in us that so many people miss um, or sees in these children that is missed is, well, he, we're made in the image of God. And God loves what he made, what he makes, what he has made. Um, and he's made these children. He's made you and me. And so we are cherished. Jesus loves these children. Um, he, there's even this little image, this little picture um, in the show where he's carving something. Um, I think it's towards the beginning or in the middle or something. But anyway, uh, Jesus is making something. And once he finishes it, he kind of gives this. It's kind of a little flashback uh, recalling of, not foreshadowing, but the opposite. But anyway, um, he makes it and says, it is good. Just like he did when he made us, when he made the world. He said it was good. Um, and when he, when he created people, he said it was very good. And so when Jesus looks at us, he doesn't see the sin. He knows it's there. And he calls us to to repent, to man shake that sin off, to walk with him and be renewed and restored. But man, he sees us as his image, the image of God, made in the image of God. And so, you know, he, he doesn't see something about our age, our appearance, our abilities, or anything else that we can bring to the table. That's not what he's looking at. What he sees, it's about what already is that we are precious to our maker. And so I think that's so important. Um, one, one initial thing there is that, man, we're, we're cherished by him. Um, Galatians 3.28. Um, flip there. You know, the, this scripture kind of goes with a song that I think we all know, especially if you've ever been in church uh, with in, in your childhood or with your kids or whatever. Galatians 3.28 says that there's either new, uh, there's neither Jew or Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. That there's no race issues, there's no, you know, uh, status issues, there's no uh, gender uh, uh supremacy or anything like that. No, everybody is one in Christ Jesus. There's a song, again, that I think we all know. It says, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. That's the song I think we've all been raised with at some point, that Jesus loves all the children of the world. And, and even though... Today, political correctness uh, would like to banish this whole idea of oh, red, yellow, black, and white. How dare you say that kind of thing? Um, 
the truth is, and the reason this song is stuck around is because there's a message in there that deeply and profoundly and universally resonates with all of us. Again, that we were made in the image of God and that God loves what he made, what he has made, that we are precious to our maker. And so again, what does it mean to be chosen? It means that you're cherished, that you're valued, that he seeks after you. Um, there's a lot, uh, Matthew 19, uh, 13 through 14 says, then children were brought to Jesus that he might lay his hands on them and pray. And the disciples were like, nope, Jesus doesn't want to mess with kids. They rebuked the people. But Jesus said, let, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. Don't stop them. Don't get in the way because it's to them for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. You know, it's it's difficult to recognize. You know, Jesus also says, and I'm trying to remember where it's at. Um, uh, Matthew 18, I, I believe. Let me flip there. I didn't have this one ready. But Jesus is talking about you know, what it means to um, be part of his chosen, the kingdom of God. It's kind of, you can kind of use those interchangeably right now. Is that when Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God, he's talking about his chosen people being a part of his family, his kingdom, uh, his, this relationship with God. And so, um, man, the disciples, they come up to Jesus in, in chapter 18 of Matthew and they say, man, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus grabs a kid, he grabs a child brings a child to himself and puts him before before them, the disciples, and says, Look, truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever then humbles himself as, as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones to stumble, who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. You know, don't be a stumbling block. He kind of goes off um, saying, don't be a stumbling block. You know, take care of the things that, that cause you and others to stumble. Um, you know, he says, see that you don't despise any one of these little ones. For I say uh, to you that, that, man, their angels in heaven continually see the face of my father who is heaven. Um, just, just constantly. Then he goes on to the whole, the 99 plus one, you know, that, that when one is lost, God goes out of his way to, to save that one. And the 99 are joined by that one and there's rejoicing. So anyway, <clears throat> the point that, that I guess another point that we need to kind of think about is, man, when it comes to being a child of his, we're called to have that childlike faith. Not a childish faith, but of a faith of humility, of, of awe, of wonder, of worship, of of God, I trust you because you're my God. God, I love you because you're my God. God, I'm gonna follow you because you're my God. God, I'm a I'm a man, submit myself to you. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to wonder. I'm going to uh, seek you. I'm going to just want to 
be with you and play and, and, and have fun and learn with under you because you're my heavenly father and you're above everything else in my life. And that's the kind of faith, that's the kind of message Jesus is portraying is, you know, what does it mean to be chosen? It means you're cherished. And so be that cherished child of God. You know, look at our characters. We have Mary. You know, she was struggling with a very deep and dark place, you know, um, you know, from from a town that Rome destroyed because of its corruption. And so, man, that was kind of the life that she was used to and slipped into is just a, a, a life of just darkness. And I can guarantee you that Mary likely didn't feel precious to anyone um, because of this evil, this darkness that had a, a stranglehold on her life. Nicodemus, you know, he kind of grew up in the opposite place. You know, he grew up with riches. He grew up with education. He grew up um, in, a, in a way that most people looked up to and were like, man, I wish I was in that seat. I wish I grew that way. You know, he was just like Paul. He grew up um, from the beginning as a Jew for the Jews, known by all Jews, you know, the best of, of his religion. Um, and he lived as a Pharisee, all that. But even Nicodemus, he probably felt pride over his heritage and accomplishments and status. And that pride got in the way of him being, uh, of him feeling cherished by God for who he was, not what he had done. Matthew, you know, he, he grew up probably, you know, he was Jewish at first. And so, or I mean, he was Jewish. And so, um, you know, he grew up with godly training and education, most likely. Um, but that didn't stop him choosing to serve Rome instead of God, choosing riches instead of uh, just obedience and relationship. And so the way he got to where he was, he got rich by betraying his fellow citizens, his fellow people. You know, his family would have been, uh, their image and their status would have been damaged openly displayed and damaged uh, by his choices. And so by pursuing, by pursuing the promise of wealth, Matthew gave up any sense of being cherished for who he was. And so maybe he didn't feel that cherishment in his life because he kind of gave it up. Simon, it's kind of like uh, both of those guys. You know, he, he grew up well, but he didn't have access to the riches or the highest education, or maybe he just wasn't that... You know, he flunked out or something. Um, and so he probably allowed both his pride and his kind of self-sufficiency of, I'm going to figure this out myself. Um, and he probably was uncomfortable with the idea of being cherished, um, especially in the character that, that they've been able to portray in the show. And so you have all these characters who couldn't grasp or couldn't, put themselves in a place to just be cherished by God, to be to be able to sit in front of God and just hear him say, hey, you're precious to me. That, that you're mine, you're precious to me. And then we have Abigail and Joshua of the episode this week. And though their, their characters are fictional, um, they made them up for the show. The people that wrote the show, they understood what Jesus said about children. That to such people, these children, belongs the kingdom of heaven. 
relationship with God. Because unlike most of the adults who came into contact with Jesus, the children knew that they had nothing of value to offer him except their love and excitement just to be there. And, and Jesus, Jesus welcomed that. He welcomed them. He wanted to spend time with them, to hug them, to heal them. He wanted to. Jesus wanted to. And he accepted these children that embraced him. Not because of who they were, what they could do, but because of who he is and because of what he does. It's because of Jesus and because of Jesus' work that, man, we're considered precious in his sight. That he's willing to give everything for us. You know, back in that, that passage of, of Isaiah 43, you know, he says, And I've, I've given Egypt as your ransom, Kushan Sabah in your place, if that's how you say it. Since you are precious in my sight, since you are honored and I love you, I will give everything, other people, other men, in place for you in exchange for your life. What does that remind you of? Jesus was willing to pay the ultimate price. Here's what 1 Peter 1, 18-19 says. You were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers. You were bought, you were ransomed, you were, you were paid be away from the disastrous choices that we've decided to make. But not with perishable things such as silver or gold. God, he didn't pay us, pay money for us. But no, he paid for us with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. You know, what does it mean to be chosen? It means that you're cherished. You're a cherished child of God, and sometimes we need to start acting more like a child. Not childish, but with a childlike faith. Of, faith of humility, a faith of, of awe. And, and, and maybe a, a, a relationship that sees God for who he is, that heavenly father, that good, good father, that father that gave everything, that sacrificed everything for us. That's what it means to be chosen, is to see God as our father, to see the sacrifice... Or, that he, he's made for us, the sending of a son, the sacrifice of Jesus on that cross in our place for us. He gave everything for us so that we might be able to embrace this, this cherishing present, presence that he is casting out for us, that he wants to give us. For I am your the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, I have given Egypt as your ransom, cushion Sabah in your place, since you are precious in my sight, since you are honored and I love you, and I will give other men in your place, and I will uh, give other peoples in exchange for your life. And you are cherished by God. And so, man, just take some time. Give thanks to Jesus for sacrificing himself in your place in order to bring you back to your maker, the one who created you. Ask God to empower you to have a childlike faith, not a childish faith, but a childlike faith, and to trust that he'll keep you through the hardships of your life. 
You might even consider praying the words in Jude 1, 24-25, which says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to him be the glory, the majesty, the dominion, and authority, for for all time and now and forever. Amen. Walk as the chosen. You are called. means that you're called back into relationship with him, and that you're called to rest in him. But part of resting in him means recognizing that you're cherished by him. Um, that he sees you as precious, and he's willing to give anything for you. So just sit in that church, sit in that love, our Abba's love um, for you, that you are Abba's child.